Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everyone, this is Light the Fight, and I'm David. And I'm Heidi. And we're here to talk about things that parents tend to care a little bit about. It's called their kids. <laughs> That's right. Legally, you have to care about them, or at least pretend that you care about them really good. Or sometimes they can be taken from you. I don't um, think the issue is, is not caring. I think it's just the issue of maybe not doing things or saying things that actually communicate that message in an effective way. Okay. Well, I was just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Got a little bit deep. So I want to apologize to anyone that's had their kids actually taken. It was just a joke. Sometimes we don't know where to start. So we just start blabbing. I start blabbing. Next thing you know, I'm like, that didn't, that wasn't even funny. Heidi, you're taking everything so seriously. Well, it wasn't even funny. But that is what I do. (laughs) What I said wasn't even funny. I'm just, I'm just talking. And we figure it out as we go. But welcome to the podcast. Great to have you with us as always. And as always, big shout out to our community sponsor partner, uh, 1-800-CONTACTS. You know, they are so awesome. They are. They are. They have helped us. Um, it's really cool to partner with people who are better than you at stuff. And, you know, um, I'm just going to really quickly, and I, I know that people aren't always listening to this, to the podcast, you know, when we're recording it or whatever, but in like just a week, a week and a couple of days from, from when we're recording. So it's on January 31st, we're, we're doing this big community event that's happening at Corner Canyon High School. And, um, I was on a call today with, um, the folks over there and man, they just have it all lined up. In fact, you mean they have like day timers and schedulers and like yes, and they like they follow have, deadlines. They have checklists wow. and they have people I that are doing the like things that. that they're supposed to do. In fact, so if you happen to be in Canyons School District, which is here in the valley, um, check your email because you got an email from us. You got some a note from us, so check that out. Um, we're getting ready to send out a press release that's going to kind of notify the media about our event and. And if you live in the area, keep your eye out for some signs because we're also putting community signs out um, to remind people. I about feel like the we're event. adulting, like we're growing well, up. Well, one eight hundred contact people are. Well, adulting. no, I know it's like by <laughs> association, <laughs> they've adulted and they're bringing yeah. us. Through it's the... just it's just the coolest thing. Um, so it's really fun to have have their support. No, it is great, and everyone that we've worked with and are working with over there. Just great people and all the people that work there. And Heidi always jokes around about it, partly serious, but partly joking about. No, I to- get- I'm t- 100% serious. I want to get an application and work there. <laughs> I know. I mean, they got a fitness club. They got personal chefs. They got it going on over there. Plus, like, if you ever go there, look at the decor. That's like, true. That's really cool decor. <laughs> That's a big deal. Heidi's it's the little into- things, people. 
I these into all those details. So big thanks and big shout out to one eight hundred contacts and to Corner Canyons High School for hosting uh, the location of the event. And we look forward to seeing all of you out there that are um, local here to the area to our event on January 31st, which is the Don't Freak Out event, which we're talking about. And also a little reminder too, February 8th and 9th, if you haven't uh, gotten your tickets to our workshop yet, I think we have a few tickets left. And that is our day and a half parenting 19.0, how to become and how to become a great parent by maximizing your influence as a parent. And we break down everything that we've uh, learned throughout the years and stuff that I've um, you know, a lot of times I didn't even teach people this stuff. It was stuff that families figured out on their own and the successful families that I worked with throughout the years, I just kind of jotted down, took some notes of the things that they're doing, gave it to other families to try throughout the years and boom, next thing you know, successful relationships where your kids actually do a thing for you. It's called respect. I know someone wrote a song about that a long time ago. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I, I was waiting. For oh, that. you're going to? Okay. You haven't even sang for a long time. I know. So I think good. I, I've gotten not actual requests from listeners, but I, I felt an energy from the listeners. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, He's Dave, feeling the energy. Yeah. We, we get that you like to pretend to sing, but you can't. Ha ha, funny. Anyways, moving on. So uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T spells respect. Did I spell that right? We. You know that phrase, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And to me, that's exactly what this parenting workshop is. Um, you kind of, everybody says this, everybody says this, you give them the baby and the, people are like, and they didn't give me a handbook, you know, that kind of like, there's no, there's no instruction booklet with this kid. And so you go along just modeling the things that you've experienced and, and just knee jerk reaction you know, having that knee-jerk reaction all the time. Um, so the amazing thing about this workshop is that it's been developed to really just um, turn the light bulbs on, which, you know, ties right into light in the fight, actually, but <laughs> for being honest. But, you, you know, like this is information that you don't even realize that you don't know, and um, it just really changes the game i i almost like it now when people say i've tried everything because then i'm like oh yeah <laughs> and when they say oh i've tried that and it didn't work and i go oh yeah you try it just like this and the only reason why i like that because we're all in the same fight so if parents come to our workshops and they're asking hard questions like that doesn't work i tried this or even at our speaking events people will say well how's that going to work i you know i've tried something like that Whenever you're at a workshop, whenever you're at events or listening to a podcast, obviously you're there because you want to learn more. We all have a natural resistance and we want to protect our way of life, even though our way of life sometimes isn't the way we want it to be. Some of us have a really heightened resistance. Mm, some of us are resistance like maestros. Yeah. Yeah. Which those people are named Heidi Swap. <laughs> I'm really proud, really proud of that. But whenever we get questions, whenever we get people saying, hey, I'm not sure about that, I get excited about it because I want to show you how to just view it a little bit different way. Um, Heidi wants to share with you how she can relate. She used to have that resistance and she used to think that she tried everything and just those subtle little nuances, those little differences in your approach and your tactics doesn't mean you have to give up your influence as a parent. In fact, you can have better influence if you just know how to approach it 
from more of a partnership approach is what we really focus on in our workshop. And you're going to hear us talk about a lot of cool stuff that we're introducing into our workshop. It is the Parenting Workshop 19.0, so we're adding things from the last couple workshops. So if you've already came to our workshop and you think this is the exact same one, it's definitely an evolution. And if you've already come to some of our uh, community events, this one uh, on January 31st is going to be an evolution. It's going to have some different information that I thought it was time to share with people. And we may talk about a little bit of that today in the podcast to give some teasers to some people. So look for those events. Come on down. Um, the 31st event for 1-800-CONTACTS at Corner Canyons High School is a free event. And the workshop is not. But you can check out both on our website. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there. That'd be cool. So let's catch right up to speed. Last episode, it was the legendary Hugs for Heidi. <laughs> and man, you guys, thank you so much for giving Heidi hugs. I had a couple people. I'm I'm starting to feel like you, Heidi, where this has happened like five times in the past week. I was at Cafe Rio, a couple of places like, hey, you're that you're, you're that guy. You're the guy that talks <laughs> with Heidi Swap. They don't know my name. Yeah, no one knows name, my name, but you're like, you're the hard. one guy that the the sidekick of Heidi Swap. That's me, ma'am. And uh but a couple times people were like I just got to listen to your podcast. Hugs for Heidi. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> and then this one woman just started having this conversation with me. She started saying, oh my gosh, you know, my daughter's like that. And I was listening to the podcast. And the interesting thing is that I actually started to understand why my daughter, why she has resistance. She was, I just didn't think I would learn that from just talk, from hearing Heidi talk about that. So Heidi, thanks again for sharing with people that you have some issues and <laughs> i didn't know another word to call at that moment Understand and uh and uh but also that you're actually trying to break through it and you know each episode heidi goes back and listens to the episode and says okay well i'm gonna actually try something that i just told people to try because <laughs> that technically would be good if you were doing it too it, it really like would. building bridges and the building bridge for you is giving people hugs and instigating that so picking up where we left off last time you went off to your event and by the way, if you guys are here listening for parenting information, you got to keep listening. It comes in the most <laughs> unique, interesting ways. I've learned that Heidi has so much resistance. I have to tell her we're not doing a parenting podcast. We're just talking and we're accidentally going to be sharing parenting advice and suggestions with people. So pick up where we left off. You go to the event, your big creation event, right? Creativation. Creativation. Gosh, dang it. See, I'm not that You're creative. So close. so close. So close. So you go to the event. Now everybody knows you're open for the hugs. What happened? Well, I I did like what we talked about was was that you know I was trying to I was considering this like I was going to be a hugger right and then David kind of pointed out the fact that this would be my way of being offensive no not offensive <laughs> not offensive but to take the offensive approach being right. like you go first <laughs> supposed to offend people i was just supposed to have an offensive approach that's right and first i'm going to say it totally worked um that was a mindset issue for me for sure and i went in for the, i went in for the hugs so i never felt like this like all that energy that you have to create in resisting i just i just let i just let it out um, it opened, I felt like it just opened floodgates of connection. It, interestingly, 
enough. It opened conversation. It um, it allowed people to like let their guard down. I, I mean, basically, I realized that I was the one that was like putting all this energy into having a guard, um, a guard up, and so it it really was a huge relief for me to just let that happen. Um, and incidentally, I found myself getting my, like my bucket filled, you know, if particularly a a show like this and, um, a situation like this, I feel like it just depletes me of everything. And by switching my mindset, I really allowed it to fill me. And that was awesome. And so, you know, I I think that officially makes me a hugger. It was funny because that morning, that morning, the next day when um, when the podcast was live, I got about six or seven texts from the, you know, from some of my friends who are diehards listening to it, like right when the subscription, you know, the subscriber notification comes up. And um, I got a lot of people like I I cannot wait to get to get, to come and hug you and a um, lot of jo- lot of jokes, but you know it is pretty awesome to be there at my show. Um, one of the things you've probably heard me mention on the podcast before is that I kind of go to these professional shows and. And then people keep coming and talking to me about mental health and talking to me about my story and um, sharing things with me. And um, there has been times, I, I mean, and, and that's a good thing. Like, it's, it's a good thing. This time, though, it was, it was not like people coming to me and f- feeling sorry for me as much, which I know that people feel for me and feel my story. But this time it was like, I'm listening to your podcast and I'm learning so much. And it was like, it was like we could connect over this resolve to be better and to learn more and to evolve rather than, you know, I feel so sorry for you and I'm not sure what to say to you and, and, um, and I'm scared too, you know, which is kind of where we've met in the past. You're on that same frequency with them, like, like they're experiencing the podcast while you're experiencing the podcast, like you're on the same page basically. Yeah. So it just was great. It, it's crazy to me that like at this show, there's a lot of international people that come and we're talking, I mean, people are scrapbooking in Peru and Argentina and Brazil. You're saying and, people in South America don't love their kids? No, I'm just you're saying. surprised about that? I'm, I'm just, just <laughs> I'm just saying that this is, this is kind of a new sector of the world yeah, that we yeah. just hadn't really tapped into, and it's just booming. And so people are listening to the podcast, like, in, their, in English as their second language. Like, that's dedication. That's cool. <laughs> you know, that's there was really this cool. girl, this one woman that I spoke to, and she'll probably know who I'm talking about. She's from Mexico, and she is concerned about her daughter. And and same things and same feelings and and um and she just has really felt like the podcast has given her that ability to talk to her when she just didn't know what to say. And I've she thought this poor poor lady that's having to like translate it and I mean if like I think this stuff is hard to talk about. Try doing it in another language, man. So anyway, really cool. 
That's super cool. That's super cool. And all in all, definitely a totally different experience from last year because it was publicly stated on one of our very first episodes that last year was one of the biggest vulnerability hangovers you've ever had in your whole entire life. It was just you're just burning the candle at both ends. Like you said, it was a lot of like sadness and a lot of people Mm -hmm. sharing hurt and pain. Mm -hmm. But this year you guys were like talking about like, yeah, I can relate to this. I can relate to that. And you're actually giving hugs instead of wearing a shirt that said, I'm not a hugger. <laughs> you really come it's a, a long step. way These are year. big steps. You know, this is what therapy can do for you guys. Heidi, gosh, you know? <laughs> well, now remember this podcast. It's not therapy. It's not therapy unless your name is Heidi Swap. <laughs> <laughs> it's therapy for you. And speaking about therapy for swaps, I'm coming off of a high, you guys, because I just got done recording the second episode of Still Trippin' Teen Young Adult Podcast. And we may or may not have had another swap on this episode that may or may not be Heidi's daughter. Quincy. I cannot wait to listen to it. Oh, too. yeah. I cannot it wait. Was, it was awesome. Um, just please tune in. Um, listen to it. Now, granted, it is a teen podcast. It's for them, but... There's nowhere on iTunes or on the podcast world that says, are you under 18 and able to listen to this? <laughs> but uh, it was really- if you're over I, 28 I can't even, years old, please do not listen. I told Heidi when we started the podcast, she's like, how did it go? I'm like, I think we might need to step our game up. Like, I think this teen podcast, we're like, we better get our stuff together because like <laughs> they are killing it. These two episodes we've done so far, totally different episodes. So just so you know, they have we haven't launched them yet. We're getting ready yeah, yeah, to launch them. Yeah. So, you know, don't like- if everything goes according to plan, it'll be launched on January 31st. But if everything goes according to plan, this is not light the fight. So <laughs> we're not going to hope. Our plan and intention is to have it ready on January 31st. But yeah, super really excited cool. about that. You're going to love it, Heidi. I really think all of our listeners out there are going to love it. Um, I know the teenagers are going to love it. Like It's just, it's so in their lane. It, I mean, I'm sitting here doing the podcast with them going, this is amazing. Because I do this with groups of teenagers, but I've never done it on microphones with teenagers. And it it doesn't, nothing is missed. Like it captures the same vibe and feeling from all the groups that I've been doing with teens throughout the year. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't even find words to describe how excited. Just stay tuned. And uh, it's coming at you. It's coming in hot. Still tripping podcast. Well, it was cool. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't. She's like, I don't know. I don't really feel like I have any deep insight, you know. And I was well, like, with all due respect, Heidi, your daughter jumped right into a lot quicker than you did. <laughs> well, she I was like not. nervous for five, four, three, two. And she just started going, yeah. and then afterwards, she's like, that felt amazing. I told you right. They were so pumped afterwards. Like the nerves went away right away. I'm like, gosh, yeah. kid, young people, man, they've got a huge advantage. I tell young people all the time. I'm like, I'm jealous. Like, why? I'm like. Cause you have something I will never have. And they go, what? Youth. <laughs> My knees will never feel like your knees ever again. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're awesome. And, and the um, young man that was on the episode with her, what a young stud, like you, you guys are really going to feel him. So look forward to that still tripping podcast. And, uh, let's kick off, uh, talking about some, some of personal parenting type stuff. All right, I'm ready. I'm okay. going to just jump right. We're just going to jump right in. I don't, I don't feel any resistance. I don't know what you're talking about yet. but Well, neither do I. I didn't have any plan. I thought you were going <laughs> to. I thought you didn't get my text that you're supposed to come up with an idea. 
Well, you guys, I, I mentioned earlier that um, we're going to be introducing a couple new things in uh, this Don't Freak Out event on January 31st. And I also mentioned that we're going to be introducing... These are more like, not introducing, it's more like an evolution of the stuff we've been talking about. And for those of you planning on coming to the event, um, I really thank you ahead of time for taking the time out of your lives to come out to the event because, <coughs> excuse me. Pardon, excuse you. Sorry, bless you. Because, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and the reason being is, some things that we're going to talk about this time and that I'm going to discuss with you guys, it's, it's been weighing on my mind for a while how to bring some, some new things to light. So for example, when we started Light the Fight, I felt comfortable with introducing certain basic concepts. You know, the, the ones that were super easy to talk about were shame, like shame versus guilt and shame in general, because these are conversations. That was that, so easy to talk about. Well, for me... <laughs> You're the guinea pig, so nothing we've talked about is easy for you when it makes you think, oh, oh. my gosh, I haven't been doing that. Okay, I just want to clarify. So, yeah, no, it's true. Easy for me, <laughs> not easy for you. And then, you know, some of the basic tools, uh, statements versus questions, um, prepaid gratitude, like all these different types of things that we talked about. But now we're venturing into some uncharted territory, some concepts that other people have shared about in different ways, but I just want to bring it more home to um, helping you guys um, as parents in, in 2019. And one of those things, I'm just going to touch upon it lightly, and then we're going to just be like a little teaser, kind of reel you in. You can't see me, but right now I'm pretending I have a fishing rod in my hand, and I'm <laughs> reeling it in. <clears throat> so in our event, we talk, um, and we're going to talk about it this time as well. A lot of people have heard about the concept of being an authoritarian parent, an authoritative parent, and a passive parent. Um, those are three different categories. Um, and the way we talk about in psychology and counseling is the authoritarian, that's kind of like the drill sergeant parent, aka the shameful parent, the parent who makes you feel really bad and uses um, intense aggression or shame fear to fear to to motivate uh, their children to do what they want and then you have the other opposite of the spectrum is the passive parent and the passive parent is the parent that's the doormat they're the kid's best friend and i don't just mean like in a positive way but they're just letting their kid do whatever they want they're acting like a teenager themselves typically these are the parents that may be super enmeshed in their kids lives or it could be the parent that, you know, smokes and drinks with their kids or lets their kids' friends come over and party at their house because, you know, I had a, a friend growing up where his parents were like, oh, at least we know you guys are safe. And when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I thought that was so cool. And then I started to realize that, oh, no, his parents are on the other side of that mansion getting hammered themselves. And they just want to be able to sleep well knowing their son is hammered at their house. And so they had to let us all get hammered there together. So in the middle of that is the authoritative parent, which is kind of described as the parent that is more of the level-headed. They, they, they give information. They give consequences. Try not to make things personal. Um, but for some reason, that whole entire authoritarian, passive, and authoritative parent, those are just big mouthfuls of words, and they're kind of hard to, to describe. Well, we're going to be focusing on the three variations just in a different way. 
And instead of saying authoritarian, it's just shaming. So shame-based parenting and coddling. That's, you know, so it goes from shaming the old school of parenting from the old school type of mantra was very like, you know, kids should be seen and not heard and you got to be tough. And, you know, if you make a mistake, you got to be called out on it. A lot of sarcasm and that type of parenting. Um, and then we found out, you know, with uh, later generations, um, I know specifically parents my age, they thought, hey, you know, that probably wasn't the best way to, you know, to treat your kids and make them respect you. And not in every household, but there seemed to be this huge, big shift and pendulum swing to the opposite end of the spectrum, which I'd call coddling. And nobody wants to, no one intentionally goes out to shame their kids or coddle them. But what can happen as a result to if you're being shamed a lot as a parent and you want to make a conscious effort not to do that, sometimes you may fall on the other side of the spectrum, which is coddling your kids. Well, what we've been sharing with people and I've learned throughout experiences throughout the years and in, in my private practice and work with families is the middle approach is really partnering, partnering with your children in this experience. Not too many people have had parents that were partners with them in life, partly due to circumstances. Growing up, our parents just didn't have the information we have as parents today, plain and simple. The information that they had was either from their own life experiences or from what their neighbors shared or what their friends talked about in small groups. It's a much smaller world now. We have access to a lot of information, not all good information, but just a lot of information in general. So partnering with your children is something that we talk extensively in our workshops, but I'm going to bring it into um, our presentation more because what I'm seeing right now, the needs in 2019 it doesn't matter how young your kids are. This can start in childhood, early childhood. But to be able to create opportunities for partnerships within your own household, not only does that teach your kids how to take on um, beliefs and under, shouldn't say beliefs, take on the ideas of other people and insights of other people while still forming their own insights and their own ideas, it's a great example for what your kids are going to come across in the real world. So for example, when your kids graduate from high school or even when they're in high school and they go out and get jobs, usually their bosses aren't going to be their same age. Usually their bosses may be the actual age of their parents. And if you go into a job, seeing your job as a partnership with this company, even if it's not the best job in the world, even if they don't pay you a lot, you're going to get so much more experience out of viewing each job as an actual partnership not just the simple basic partnership of I go to work, I clock in, they get me, give me money for standing around and pretending to do something. Seeing it as a partnership with adults means that you're going to have to work with adults that may have different belief systems, different political views, a lot of different variations of life experiences. And we really need, from my experience, to help this generation of youth Learn how to work with older generations instead of just identifying the differences and the problems with older generations. This happens in the home. It's easy for kids to look at their parents and say, you're too old. You don't get this. You don't understand. And it's easy for parents to say, I've been there before. I do understand. I'm not too old. You haven't lived long enough on this earth to know what I know. It's easy to kind of take those two different positions. But in any effective partnership, you can have 
In fact, it almost be- it does benefit the partnership if there's a wide variety of life experiences and you can blend those life experiences together to have a broader perspective. In one of our earlier podcasts, we talk a lot about a 3D approach, which is instead of just looking at the problems with your family as they didn't go to school or they got bad grades, imagine yourself getting in a drone or some sort of helicopter above your family, looking down on your family and being able to see a broad perspective of your family's relationships. If you see your family (coughs) and your kids, and if you teenagers out there see your parents as partners, this is going to help you not be coddled and it's going to help parents not shame their kids as well. And the reason why it's going to help them is because in any partnership, you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings. You don't want to belittle your partner because they're not going to be motivated to work with you. And at the same time, your partner can't grow if they're not going through the difficult things with you. Partners need to know what's going on. They need to have insight and information. At each level, in each age developmental stage in your kid's life, we need to be finding new ways to introduce real life circumstances to them. I call it purposeful struggle, but in short term or in short, just speaking about this, the way we're speaking about it right now, opportunities to partner with your kids on anything, anything at all. Now, if you start this when you're younger, so those of you listen to the podcast as we unravel this a little bit more, if you start this with your younger kids, this is very similar to like the highs and lows that we talked about in one of our earlier podcasts. You're finding ways to have feedback from your kids that's personal to them and you give them feedback that's personal to you and that's how a partnership is developed. So that's something we're going to be talking about this in this new upcoming event on January 31st. Heidi, I just wanted to, I know you're listening to what I'm saying and, and I didn't talk to you about any of this beforehand, but what are some of the thoughts that you're having just from me sharing some of this stuff? Well, I think that as we've done a couple of workshops, um, <coughs> one of the interesting things that happens at the workshop um, is that we kind of discuss what we start out by discussing what are the differences between when you were a kid and when now when you have kids. And, you know, I can, I can, we can all sit and list like all these things. But when I was young, um, I was really expected to pull my own weight. And, and that wasn't like, nobody sat down and told me that, um, there just was never like tons of, tons of extra, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was going without, but I certainly knew that I wasn't going to get like, I could have the basic pair of jeans, but not maybe the jeans that I felt like I wanted, or I could have, I could listen to the radio or I could buy my own cassettes, (laughs) you know, and and I kind of had to figure out, like, Brandon, cassettes are these, these plastic. <laughs> He's never seen one in real life. But anyway. <laughs> I just picture my finger going, that, that little <laughs> turning <laughs> right. thing. It's like, wait, it came undone. You have to crank it back up and tighten it up. Oh, right. man. I, I remember that I was in ninth grade when I got the stereo um, for Christmas that had the dual cassette on it so that you could play and push records so you could make a mixtape. I mean that was really that was really cool. 
right? Like, so, I mean, so I came from this, this place where um, I knew what was expected. And if I wanted more, then I needed to work for it. And my parents were going to facilitate, you know, help me figure out ways that I could earn more money or do more things. And they were going to get me to the things I needed to do. Um, I think one of the shifts was that as I was getting to have kids, I just wanted them to have everything. Um, when I was young, I kind of felt ripped off that I had to work so hard. Oh, you know, maybe not ripped off isn't the word, but like I did have friends that didn't have to work and that were given. Definitely didn't seem fair at times. You know, and so I, I wanted, you know, it'd come to birthdays and it'd come to Christmas and you, you want to give your kids the awesomest of the awesome, right? You don't want them to go through any, without anything, you, you know, and when you buy them clothes, you want them to look, I want them to look cute. And when we signed them up for something, I wanted to get them the best basketball to take, you know, like I wanted um, to give my kids everything. And um, I worked really hard to be able to to do that. And from a from a standpoint of like being a coddler, I think that I just really um, what's the word? I I really just trained my kids to want everything and to expect everything. And um, definitely wasn't a, an intention that you had. No, I didn't set out and say, I want my kids to be so spoiled that they can't even relate to other humans. <laughs> um, or they expect to be vice president on three weeks on the job. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, I think that that's something that we can, if we could compare it, like those of us who have parents, who, who are parents, you know. We want our kids to have the cool shoes so nobody will make fun of them. Or we want them to have experiences that are going to get them furthest in life. We want to put them in every sport so that they can have these great team-building activities. We want them to participate in all these activities because we want to set them up for so much success. And that doesn't really seem like coddling, really, because coddling might feel like, oh, I'm just going to protect you from everything and I'm going to take care of everything. You're not going to have to do anything. But actually when we, I think our true intention was I want to give these kids every opportunity for success because I want them to go out into the world and just have the best education and the, the best training and the, you know, all the best opportunities because we love them that much and because these opportunities exist. And I think in this trying to set them up for so much success, there's kind of this disconnect where maybe now they feel like if they don't perform at this high level that has been created for them, that they're even a bigger failure you know, there, there's there's even further to fall because they weren't the ones that actually took those steps and did that work to actually get themselves there. Um, I, I don't know if I'm 
if I'm exactly no, saying no, something, it, but that's kind of what I thought of. No, we, I, if, if you don't mind me jumping and saying something, <clears throat> I had a couple different thoughts. In everything that, whatever job you're you're in, you know, when you're listening to this podcast, you always see patterns and you just see things that happen all the time. And, you know, I had to really go back to the drawing board and think, what are some of the biggest things I hear from parents? Well, parents aren't stupid. So the parents I come and talk, that I talk to, they'll usually first describe the problem with their kids, the, like the bad behaviors. And then they'll describe on how their kids' lives and may not always be in this order and different for everybody, but these are the typical things. Then they'll describe how great their kids' lives are. And then as they're talking this out loud, because usually people when they come first come to see me, they're saying this out loud and they've said it to their spouse or their partner or friends and relatives, but they haven't really said it to a professional too many times. And then as they start talking out loud, then they'll catch themselves like, well, I know I created this mess because I wanted them so much to have everything I didn't have. Now I've unknowingly taught them that when I'm successful, that they just get success because I've worked hard. Like they're just, it's almost like they inherited it somehow, even though they didn't have to do a lot for it. And it's, to me, something's happening in, in these patterns that I'm seeing. Because after I hear all that, I usually ask the parents, like, what do you really want? I talk to parents usually in this time in the conversation. Again, it's generalizing. It's different for everybody. But I'll say things like, well, here's my approach. Here's how I, I help families. And if this vibes with you and if you, this makes sense to you, then great. I might be a great person to help you out with. If not, well, then, yeah, you might need to go with someone else. So I, I talk about my relationship approach, how my philosophy is that you didn't do all these things for your kids your whole entire life just to get them to a point where they can take off and never see you again. You actually do this for them because you're expressing love. It's an action of love. So everything you're doing, call it your love language, you're sharing with them, I love you, I love you, I love you. And that's what you're sharing with them is love. So they've gotten plenty of love through the things you buy them, the things you give them. But what they don't have is a partnership with you because that's a one-way street. So a lot of parents say, hey, I don't expect you to do what I had to do when I was a kid, do all these jobs and stuff like that. You know, you just need to go to school, do this, be respectful, don't lie to me, and I'll continue to sponsor your life because I love you. Well, that usually goes south at some point, especially when you hit teenage years. So here's what it leads to. After I explain this relationship philosophy approach and I just got to tell you, I, I can't remember a person that I've said my relationship approach philosophy to them that they said, no, this is absurd. doesn't make sense. In fact, it makes it's so simple because everybody intuitively knows in their life, their life is all about their relationships, business relationships, friend relationships. So I mean, most people buy in. Then I say, okay, well, after you hear me say that, what exactly now, now how would you describe what you want with your kids? And like, I just want them to come sit and have dinner with us sometime. I want them to be comfortable talking to us. I want them to want to be around us, to want to go on family trips. When they're at a dinner table at a restaurant that they're not on their phone the whole entire time, now these parents want these simple, basic things for their kids to connect with. And they believe they're entitled to this, parents I'm speaking about, simply because they've bought their kids everything. 
That's not actually that true, fair. though. Well, no, it does seem <laughs> fair. Okay, it does seem fair. But here's what's missing. People want to hang out with people who they feel closely connected to. How are you supposed to get closely connected to someone when you haven't been working on something that's difficult, strenuous, and challenging and are having success and results? Think about a sports team. If you're on a sports team that the coach is fighting with the other coaches, the players are fighting with each other, no one wants to be on that sports team because there's no partnership. There's no chemistry there. If you're in a relationship with someone that you're dating, it's the same, same thing. Why would it be different with a child with their parents? See, I believe one of the biggest blind spots we've had from generation to generation as parents, we've been looking at our kids solely as we love them, we have to keep them alive, and to keep them alive, we're going to have to work together. This is the old school. Well, now with life being so much more comfortable and having so many more resources, food's easily accessible everywhere you go. Well, guess what comes with food being accessible everywhere you go where you can get food whenever you want? More obesity, more obesity than ever before in the history of the world, specifically in this country. So how is it that something that's so great, which I mean, easy access to food, because our ancestors used to have to do things called hunting, gardening, stuff like that, growing stuff, wait for the season. We just magically wake up and, man, if Harmon's, that's a local grocery store here that I like to go to, if they don't have the tomatoes that I wanted, that I'm like, hello, like I want these kind of tomatoes. I want these avocados. I didn't have to farm or do anything to get that. So even though it's an amazing thing to have easy access to food, there's also a result from that. It's too easy. So same thing with parenting. It's so easy for us to show our love to our kids that we can just give them games. We can give them things. We're not having to work as hard to find ways to connect with our kids to actually be creative and show that love. So then it's returned to us. They don't even know that we could be good partners for them. So if you see your parenting as partnering, then you're really seeing it from a much larger perspective as this is a long play that's going to be a lifetime. You start by taking care of them, and if the partnership goes well, all along the way, it's going to be a natural evolution to someday, they're going to take care of you in your later life, and there doesn't have to be any major hiccup in that time, because when you're partnering with someone at a very young age, they're going to see that at a dinner table, at a restaurant, it's not just the same, well, yeah, we go to dinner, mom and dad buy me food, and then they go, how was your day, what's going on, what happened, but if we're partnering together we actually have a reason to talk. One of my friends, at a very young age, he started his sons, helping his sons start little businesses with him. His sons started to make money. They started to like it. It was a little vending machine business. They just were stocking vending machines. It actually wasn't even that hard of work, but when the sons saw that they could buy their video games from it and they could start working on things, then the sons were like, hey, dad, I have some ideas. Maybe we could do a snow... Shaq, they've in his sons are now like 16, 15, 13 years old. They've done like six businesses together. And guess what they talk about when they're at dinner? Dad, did you see like that one vending machine? Like it was empty and it was only like we only filled it like a week ago. I know that was so cool. 
they're actually having reasons to have conversations. If he would have just given them the money for the things that they wanted, he would have gotten really upset when they didn't want to sit down at dinner and talk to him about things that he was interested in because they had no connection. There was no partnership there. Now, I'm using one small example. There's so many different ways to do this, but you loyal listeners, listen to Light the Fight for a while. As we're evolving, I I want to give you information that I think is the right timing and I'm excited to talk more in depth about this because I'm not really giving it to you how we're going to talk about in the seminar or in the, the I don't even know, presentation. Just whatever we're doing. I don't even know what to call because we're just having a conversation with you guys on January 31st. But I want you to take a moment and think about this. The old school shame-based parenting was someone was the boss and the kids or the parent was the boss and the kids were the employee or the, you know, they were the private and the dad and the mom were the, the sergeants. Well, in most parents, whether, you know, sometimes it's the dad is the more authoritarian, well, then the mom will be more passive. Well, if the mom's more authoritarian, then the dad will be more passive. They naturally take on these extremes. Well, in today's family systems, I was raised by my grandparents. Some people are raised by two men. Some people are raised by two women. Some people are raised by their uncles and aunts. There's so many different variations of the family system We are in need of more partnering with our children than we've ever needed before because if they're going into this life and they haven't had conversations with us about what really matters, then all of our long experiences in our life doesn't matter. We had all these experiences and we can't pass that knowledge on to the next generation. And then they're having all these cool ideas and information and they're not learning from the things that we can benefit them from. Because they're going to have to go out to these jobs. They're going to have to work with older people. And if they don't have to talk and have partnerships with older people, it might be difficult for them. You know, I think what the good news is about this approach is that many of our listeners, um, you know, I I feel like I can the, – the, our listeners and – that I can relate to, where we're kind of like realizing that that our relationship or, or something is broken. We're not getting what we want out of our relationship, or we're worried about our kids. We're on a trajectory that we're concerned about. Um, and we're wondering, you know, what is the answer? I'm so, I'm so worried about like, and, you know, I'm so worried about we hear things like suicide. We hear things like um, self harm. Yeah, like all these things that we're super scared of, and we don't have solutions for. Okay, like so, I'll have I'll have people reach out to me and say, you know, we want to we want to talk about suicide prevention, but we don't know what to do, and we don't know who to call, and and that is. You guys, super overwhelming. There's no one answer. There's no one person to call. There's no like nobody's like cracked the code on how to prevent all the suicides from, from happening. Right. But because that's what we're afraid of and that's what we're worried about. And that's what we're, um, the unknown, like we can get ourselves like sucked into worrying about like, Oh no, we don't know what to do. But then on the other end of that spectrum. So like, let's say, um, being scared about suicide or those, those, 
things that we don't have answers to is clear over here on the right end of this spectrum. I'm, I'm holding my right hand out. And I then, can see you. Okay, thank you. So then over here on the left hand, you know, are our everyday interactions. Um, our super basic wake up, eat, get dressed, do laundry, like super basic stuff. And we don't think a lot about, we don't think that our answers are in these super basic la-di-da, I went to the grocery store, I, I picked up, the, you know, I did the laundry, da-da-da-da. And we think we have that everyday life dialed in. We, you know, we can do that. Yeah, we're doing that every day. The good news here is that what you're saying is that we don't have to spend all of our time and energy worrying about the things that we don't have the answers to and that have tons of unknowns. We can put our energy and our, and our thoughts and our adaptation and our evolution in the things that are everyday stuff. We can change the conversation. We can adapt our, our words and our approach to these everyday functions that are happening right in, in the nucleus of our home and making changes within those interactions is going to change the trajectory <coughs> from going to the thing that we're the most afraid of. Like, like then that's not where we have to be so worried about. And, and you guys, I am, you know, guilty as charged of being like so hyper-focused on all the things like, oh my gosh, I, what is the optimal amount of screen time I should be using? Maybe I should be taking my kids' phones away. Maybe I should be um, having family counseling. Maybe we should be taking all these trainings that are, you know, like freaking, aka freaking out. But as we allow ourselves to get really scared and go down the rabbit hole of things we don't really know the answers to, we kind of forget this place that is very accessible. So making these changes that we, that, that we talk about here on the podcast, the adaptations of making statements, the starting difficult conversations, the prepaid gratitude, the admitting when you don't know, or the saying to them, it would really help me right now if you could take care of the laundry because I've got a bunch of things that I have to take care of. I really need you to do, you know, like changing our interaction has way more effect than hyper weren't uh, I, I think you get what i'm saying well in our teen podcast that we just did one topic that came up um your daughter and the young man that was on the podcast talked a lot about how <clears throat> i think teenagers and kids have always because they're they're trending towards adulthood not like benjamin button they're not like <laughs> getting younger um they they both agreed that Teens specifically, and younger kids, but definitely teens, they want options, for one. They, too, want to have 
the opportunity to have some freedom to make some choices and they need practice at doing that. And certain approaches that we can take as parents can lend itself to more of like a shaming approach. And that may sound something as simple. And, you know, you may be a parent out there that says, well, that's not a bad thing, but let me finish what I'm saying first. You may say something as simple as like, hey, no, well, if you don't do this for me, then I'm not going to drive you next time you want me to go with your kids or you want to go with your friends. Well, that seems like that would be fair for a parent to say that. However, partners like in actual agreed partnerships don't usually talk to each other. Well, if you don't do this for me, I'm not going to do that for you. That doesn't even sound like how partners would talk. Partners would say, "Well, not successful partners." Very, very, <laughs> no, very good, very good point. Not successful, not partners that stay partners, right? <laughs> Especially in business, right? But usually, partners like you have to give a certain amount of respect of how they you want to consider how they want to be approached before you approach them because they're going to have to approach you with some difficult things too. When you're working closely with a partner, you see a lot of their errors and their flaws and their mistakes. You got to approach that in a very unique way. So instead of saying, you know, hey, listen, if you don't do this for me, well, then don't expect me to do these things for you anymore. So if your teenager were to come to you and say, hey, listen, will you give me my allowance before I've done the chores? And if you say, yeah, I will, but you know, if you don't do your chores, don't expect me to ever give you your allowance again. Um, sometimes that's just information that doesn't need to be said. As a partner, you just have to make quick decisions. Successful partnerships, source, it could sound like this. I tell you what, you didn't do your chores. And because I trust you, because I know that you have good intentions, and even though maybe in the past you didn't follow through with things, I'm going to give you another shot. So... You can go ahead, go with your friends. I'll give you your chore money before you do the chore. But I trust that you're going to come back and you're going to finish it just like you said you would. That's the exact same thing as saying, hey, if I give it to you, what if you don't do it? Remember last time? You know, I've tried this before and you weren't trustworthy before. Partners are going to give the benefit of the doubt up front. And if your kid comes back and you're worried about them not doing the chore, instead of saying, hey, don't forget to do your chores because I already gave you this money, just look at them and say, I know you're going to take care of your chore. You'll get it done tomorrow because we have an agreement and we're partners on this. Use words like agreement, partners. You don't have to shame them. And then you don't have to be the passive parent that sits there and never brings it up. Because I know a lot of parents that say, well, they didn't go back and do the chores like they said they were. I'm like, well, did you say anything? No, because it's not my job to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and hold resentment and be mad at them. See, we all kind of want to be in that middle, but we have this reactionary side of us that we take it personal if we're helping our kids out and they don't do it back to us in kind. But like any partnership, there's going to be different levels of that partnership. One of the partners may be a captain and one may be a private. <laughs> one of the partners may be like a general manager and the other partner is just an assistant manager. It's still a partnership, but obviously the general manager is expected to build the other partner up and help them understand and allow for a certain amount of mistakes and mishaps. 
you have teaching opportunities every time you're partnering with your kids. But if you're not partnering with them, you're more likely going to err on the side of shaming them or coddling them even when that is not your intention. You're going to protect them from the failure. Maybe you got a kid who could make your life hell if you're too hard on them. So you, you're too passive and you, you end up coddling them by that nature. Or maybe you're tired of being walked all over. And so you're going to let your kid you know, know that you're serious. You're not going to let them get away of treating you that way. But that's not what a leader does. That's not what an effective partnership is all about. So just wanted to introduce this a little bit. We're going to talk about it more. In um, you know, in our event that's coming up, and uh, just think about that, you guys. This is something that, you know, throughout the years, this is what the successful parents and families have figured how to do. You have to figure out how to create partnership opportunities, and partnership opportunities create purposeful struggle. Purposeful struggle, like any good sports team, you go through wins, you go through losses, but at the end of the day, you learn a lot about one another. And you learn who you can trust on your team and what's realistic expectations for your partners. Well, and I want to I want to throw one thing out because if any of you are like me, you might be having this thought. Well, if I don't get mad at them, how am I ever going to get my point across? You know, if I'm just going to if I'm just going to give them second chances, and if I'm just going to show up and be this good partner, even when they're going to be a jerky partner, you know, I know that a lot of parents are kind of have the same feeling that I have had, which is if, if I'm not getting mad, then I'm not doing my responsibility as a mom. Or if I'm not hammering down, you know, putting down the gauntlet, then I'm not being doing what, what I'm supposed to do. And all those parents and all those parents have also had crappy bosses that said, you don't have to be a jerk. Right. You can say the same thing to me without being a, you know what about it. And and so that's why I'm just saying, thank you. I'm saying that, yes, your brain, just like my brain, as you listen to David say this is saying, how can I possibly, um, be in charge around here if I'm, if I'm not going to be mad, if I'm not going to throw down, you, you know, and so, and so I appreciate that well, image one, yeah. of the jerky boss or the jerky teacher that just doesn't seem to get it. And, um, and so I just, I think I just wanted to take a minute to be like, I know that when some of you hear this, it might land in a place where you're like, mm, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I buy that or, you, you know, I don't know if that really resonates with what I, I view my role as. And so, and I think that I'm just giving that, like, that was, that's my knee jerk. And I've heard other parents, even on our workshops, kind of be like, well, then how do you? I've only heard it for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Heidi. So I just want to validate well, the thoughts that you might be having in your head right now as you're driving. Well, one like, little takeaway, because... You know, takeaways are always good to help you remember this. Shaming is not leading and coddling is not loving. Oh, someone write that down. Brandon, write that down. I'm going to repeat that one more time so you guys don't have to rewind it. Shaming is not leading and coddling is not actually loving. 
both of those. They're misconceptions. The, the conception is that if, if we want to be taken serious and we want to be a leader, we got to be the heavy hand or the heavy word. And if we want to show love, we're going to have to be overwhelmingly protecting our kids from any hardship. And I'm not going to go deeper in that because I don't want to give too much of a spoiler alert of something that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and we'll talk about this one after the event. But those are two misconceptions of those things where we think we're being, we think we're leading, but we're actually, it has a, it has like a taste of shame inside of it. And then we think we're loving, but we're actually protecting our kids from things that they need to have hardships with. Well, and can I just point out, both of those are really based in just in fear. I'm afraid that my kid might fail. I'm afraid that my kid might make a bad choice. I'm afraid that my kid is going to get hurt. And and you know what? Those are natural. I'm afraid that they're going to be soft because, you know, the life's too easy for them. Like, I think we could probably sit here and list a thousand fears that we have as a parent. Fears and are so, a whole lot easier to identify than solutions. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and so what I really like about this is as we, what we're asking you to do what David has asked me to do and, and all the other parents that he's coached is to actually just let go of the fear and, and take some action, right? Because fear is really a, in a place of kind of stuckness and in a... Well, and to, to be even more anyway. specific, I'm not... Yes, but I'm not asking. I guess people, there's action on both yeah. those sides. Well, but. no, no, I'm not actually asking people to let go. I'm asking people to actually have better ideas to match with your good intentions, because good intentions okay. and bad ideas, I get that, don't really work out so well. Right. Those are bad business plans for or an actual business or for your actual family. A lot of us have great intentions and we've learned a lot in our life. I'm not the end all be all in this information. I'm telling you guys, I learned this information from watching families and working with families. Some of them figured it out and I'd be like, hey, how did you figure that out? And they'd tell me how they figured it out and I'm like, I wonder if that'd work for this family. So I'm just observing, reporting, sharing information. I'm just like a network of parent information. I just happen to be the person where people are talking to about their family relationships all day long. So I'm that one degree of separation between all these families struggling, even though they don't actually know each other. And one thing that really was, you know, and, and this is, I'm borrowing this from a book title that I read recently, Good Intentions and Bad Ideas. It just doesn't bode well for your outcome that you really want. Now, if you have good intentions and then you have better ideas or more realistic expectations based upon sound proof and insight from not just me, but it could be from other professionals or people who are actually involved in this every day. That's that's the same thing like in, in the tech industry. A lot of people will be like, oh, I got a great idea for an app. And you know, in Silicon Valley, they're constantly trying to get people to invest their money to to get in this app into this app. Well that app may not be able to perform. That app may not be able to do what they said they were going to do. The great idea or the intention, the great intention but it wasn't the best idea and someone else has a better idea and creates an app better, then you're out of business. You lost your money. With our families, it's not like a startup company. You're like, oh, we failed on that one. We'll cut our losses and we'll you know, just try another one. 
no, this is your family. Like, <laughs> like these losses can't be cut so easily. These losses are going to sting potentially for a lifetime. Or, you know, in the worst case scenarios like we talk about, people could be struggling and possibly even lose their life. So just take this to heart and think about this a little bit about what are some ways that you could see the relationships with your children, your family members as an actual working partnership instead of a parent-child relationship. Because you'll always be their parent. You'll, they'll always be your child. But if there's not a strong partnership involved, what do you guys really have to talk about? Mm-hmm. I said this in one of our podcasts a long time ago. I've seen a couple different variations on different family businesses, but a lot of family business that I like just see random logos or like ads that says, yeah, this family has been, uh, it says owned and operated since like 1973. It says owned and argued about since 1973. <laughs> they Family business have like funny logos like that. Say like we've been providing this product and arguing over this product for the past 20 years for your consumption <laughs> or whatever it may be. Uh, I just, if families have something to work together on, man, you're going to learn so much more about the people you're working with. Yeah, I agree. So you guys, that's, that's a lot to think about. And I, and I think that as you continue out through, through this day from now till our next podcast, um, kind of see what the parallels are in your life. Other people that you do have partnerships with well, and that, that work, things that haven't worked. And if a lot of people, when I tell them this, they're like, oh, I do this in this area in my life with my kids. <laughs> so you might actually already be doing this, but you got to actually label and title it something. So if you're doing this with sports with your kids, but you're not doing it with the other areas with the kids, you'll see those are the conversations that's a lot of dads and sons or dads and daughters, moms and daughters. If they have one interest that's the same, look how much they can talk about the thing. Dads can talk about, and I'm using an obvious one here in America, football with dads and sons is like a religion. And they can talk about football till they're blue in the face. And then I'm like, okay, let's talk about their feelings, your feelings. And they're they also like they they can't speak right. They like speak in different languages. Like I does not communicate. I do not know how to share that information because they haven't partnered on those other things. They have partnered. They've watched football games. They've studied how the players work. They've gone out and they throw in the backyard so they can easily communicate. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Um, a lot to think about. So as always, as we wind down, um, thank you for listening. If you have questions for us or... Complaints, talk to Heidi. We love, we love hearing your wins. <laughs> um, you can visit lightthefight.com and um, share with us. You can also share with us on social media. You can find us at lightthefight on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and as we mentioned... Um, if you go follow us on those feeds, then you won't miss out on any of our kind of announcements information. I'm just going to throw this one more time. January 31st, um, this is here locally from 7 to 9, Corner Canyon. We would love to see you there. Um, you can support the Light the Fight podcast by, uh, rep- by, by representing with a T-shirt or a sweatshirt. Those are also, those supporter packs are also available on the website at lightthefight.com. And um, for those of you who have purchased supporter packs, you guys, we we love you. Thank you so much. Big thank you. Um, and one more thing I wanted to add to, um, I meant to add this 
to say this last couple of podcasts and I keep on forgetting because we are not 1-800-CONTACTS. I don't have my stuff that much together like they do because <laughs> they actually have to deliver a product so they have to have their stuff together. Um, I want to apologize to everyone. If you've noticed, we haven't been doing DM episodes um, in the new year uh, since actually over the holidays. And I, for now... Um, and this is, it's got to come from me cause I'm, uh, I'm the reason for this. Um, I, I've decided that we're going to take a time out on the DM episodes. We love all your questions. We've read every single one of your questions. We want to answer the questions, but if I'm going to be totally honest, after we record this, this episode, um, for me, more questions afterwards, when I've been working with people throughout the day, I just got to kind of like level out and figure out like a good way for me not to be overdone so that tomorrow I got to go back and count some more people tomorrow. So I apologize right now. We're, we're going to have to figure out a different way to maybe do DM episodes or maybe I could just answer them shorter. But for now, we're going to take a break from the DM episode. So if you want to just um, send in uh, a thought about, you know, our podcast or if you want to send in a question if we have a chance, we can guide you towards past um, episodes to help you understand that information. But it's not because I don't want to answer your questions. And Heidi, it's not that we don't want to answer your questions. It's just it's it's getting kind of a little, little too much. We got to be able to go home at some point. And now that we're doing the the teen podcast, yeah, we, we're going to figure it out. But for now, we're going to have to take a pause on that. So thank you guys very much for being understanding and um, all your questions. We. Hopefully we just naturally into it. Send them telepathically to us so that we can just answer them in the actual podcast. So I don't know if that gave anyone any sort of glimmer of hope. But uh, we got some other things planned through the Light the Fight website, through webinars and some different things. You know, we're throwing around the idea of doing phone calls where we can specifically do questions on phone calls, but we haven't figured that out yet. So we're, we're just trying we're to work on stuff. We're working on, yeah, we're working on stuff. Remember it's 2019 year. We're trying to build a bridge so that we can have a really good podcast for 2020. So there you go. <laughs> that makes you feel more confident. <laughs> all right. Well, so having said all that again, we want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing for spreading the word and um for being such amazing um supporters and fans out there so having said that thank you for listening and helping us to light the fight Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.